tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And we start tonight with a startling revelation uh, from the Ghana AIDS Commission. And the commission says tonight that there are more than 100,000 persons carrying HIV but are unaware and spreading it across the country. Now, this is according to the Director General of the commission who says the commission has mounted an aggressive search for these persons to bring them under treatment. He made the revelations in an interview with John Issy's head of, of the health desk, Fred Smith, shortly after announcing the country's latest HIV figures at a news conference in Accra. We'll bring you that interview shortly. But first, though, Fred Smith joins me in the studio with more on this development. Let's start, Fred, from the general situation as captured in the 2022 national and sub-national HIV estimates and projections. Well, Evans, uh, let's start from the general situation as captured in the 2022 national and subnational HIV estimates and projections. And here, uh, they indicate that the data released is for the period 2022 and not for 2023. It is, however, uh, the very latest we have on this situation. They found that nearly 16,000 persons contracted the virus in Ghana. And that's a decline if you compare that to events in 2021. But the commission is happy about that. I will explain to you when we hear from the director general of the Ghana AIDS Commission. In 2022, yeah, so the HIV, the adult HIV prevalence was 1.66%. And the number of people living with HIV in the country was about 355,000, made up of 115,235 males and 239,692 females, which suggests that uh, females are about twice the number of male HIV population in the country. And that underscores an important vulnerability of females that we all have to avert our minds to. In terms of uh, age disaggregation, children age 0 to 14 who principally may have contracted HIV through vertical transmission were about 24,712. And adults that is 15, age 15 years and above, being 330,215. Fred, from what I understand from this data, uh, the HIV population in Ghana has, has inched up, but the, the commission is, is not bothered by that, is it? Yeah, they're actually happy about this because they, they explain that a lot more people are depending on the antiretrovirals, and it is actually becoming more effective. And so persons who had HIV a very long time ago are still alive, they are living longer than they used to do. And so we have all of these persons still around adding to the numbers and that's how come 
we have uh, an increase in the national population. And the more you take the HRVs, the, the, the viral load goes down, and so that then leads to less infections across the board. Uh, let, let's talk about the, the scary figures you learned from him uh, post the presentation when you sat down with him. There's a 100,000 number of individuals who are out there carrying the virus, but not knowing that they have it and spreading it actively. Yeah, so the data showed, and, and this also to look at those who have the virus but have not come forward to test or maybe are unaware that they have it. And according to the data they provided, uh, nearly 100,000 persons have the virus but they haven't been able to test or have not been to a facility to be assessed for this. And these are the persons the commission believes are spreading the virus and they are actually looking for them. I asked the director general about this situation. Uh, more than 28% of people living with HIV still do not know their HIV status because they have not tested. And more than 28%? Yes. And that represents what number? That represents about 100,000 people. 100,000 people. Yes. You mean all of these are out there, they don't know they have HIV and maybe spreading? Exactly. That is what is happening. And of course, they are spreading it unknowingly. And that is not the best. And in fact, uh, the, if, if, if someone, it's important for everyone to know their HIV status. And knowing it early, you know, is very important even for treatment success. Uh, if you wait till you, you get AIDS before you go to hospital, it will take a longer, much longer time for you to recover in terms of boosting your immune system for, for it to, you know, regenerate and support your body. It takes longer time. And, and so it is important that you get tested to know your HIV status when you are strong and well. And briefly, are you looking, are you on the search for all of these 100,000 people? Yes, we are. That is why we launched the self-test campaign uh, two weeks ago. Because there are people who are underserved when it comes to HIV services. Uh, some are hard to reach, uh, and they may not have the opportunity to get the, any of the services. And so bringing testing to their doorsteps and test, the self-test kits are being distributed in the communities. So bringing it to their doorsteps will enable those who fear to know their status to at least start the process by testing to see whether they are reactive or non-reactive. Fred, what's the forecast uh, as far as this year is concerned? Yeah, so they've started collecting data for this year already and they anticipate that new infections will decline, but again, we'll have an increase in the number of persons who have HIV and AIDS in Ghana next year. So looking at 2023 uh, outlook, that is what we anticipate based on the 2022 uh, data. What we anticipate the projections for 2023 might be is what you see in this slide, which shows that an estimated 357,915 uh, HIV population uh, would be what the numbers will, uh, will be for 2023. So which means that in 2023, we expect the HIV population numbers to increase slightly uh, of almost about 2,000 or thereabout. And then new infections, new infections will reduce to about 13,000 and we'll get a bit more detail also uh, on what this means for the projection to, to eliminate HIV and AIDS in Ghana by 2030, 2030. Uh, from, the, uh, from the boss of the AIDS Commission pretty shortly. But also, Fred, today, uh, this uh, revelation from the uh, press briefing 
about young women, a number of women who are now uh, engaged in unprotected access, appearing to push the numbers up, especially among women. Yes, indeed. The Director General for the Ghana AIDS Commission spent a lot of time highlighting how women uh, have become so vulnerable to this, about twice the number of women who have uh, the men who have HIV, we have that for women. Mm. And so if you have 100 for men, there will be 200 women who also have uh, HIV. And that's not encouraging at all. The director general uh, uh, believes that a lot of women are now having unprotected sex, sex with multiple partners. And he thinks that this is causing an increase in the spread amongst women in Ghana. Okay. Uh, thank you, my friend. Uh, thankfully, uh, he joins us on the telephone line right now. Dr. Chairman Chiahene is the Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission. Uh, Dr. Chiahene, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. I, I want to start with the 100,000 individuals currently walking about not knowing that they have HIV AIDS and spreading it uh, uh, because they are simply ignorant of this. Do we know why people, in spite of heard you do a lot of promotions recently, even here on on the multimedia channels why are people still not coming forward to test and know their status yeah thank you for having me um, first of all uh many people fear to know their hiv status because they still have it at the back of their minds that when one gets hiv it means that person is going to die by all means and that is uh uh, a fallacy because now we have treatment for HIV which actually prolongs the lives of uh, persons living with HIV and they can have you know their normal uh, life as given by God and so th th that notion has to change the other one is uh, the other reason is primarily because of uh, stigma and discrimination related to HIV. Many people who have HIV wouldn't want others to know because they think that uh, uh, they would end up being stigmatized. And that prevents people from accessing testing, uh, treatment and care services, uh, even though these services are widely available throughout the country. And so if we want more and more people to test, then we have to reduce stigma. We have to accept HIV as, as a fact of life in this country and that it is something we all have to um, acknowledge and uh, appreciate and support those who live with HIV. And the, the last point I would like to raise is the fact that many people may want to test, but probably their access to the service may be limited because there are that self population uh, due to where they live. Um, if they live in remote areas, how to reach areas, then it will be difficult for them to test and know their HIV status. And as you know, HIV is spread throughout this country. Every community has a person living with HIV. So it doesn't matter how remote uh, the residents of people might be. Uh, they still could be having HIV uh, persons, uh, persons living with HIV in such remote communities. And their access to testing may be limited. Uh, and and so these are some of the reasons. Of the, of the reasons. In 100,000 people, that's a significantly huge number there. It's safe to assume from the breakdown you gave us today that majority of this number will be women. I would suspect majority would rather be men because uh, less number of men are testing compared to women. Although in the general population of those with HIV AIDS, you found out that there are twice as many women compared to men. Yes, that, that is the general situation and it's not peculiar to Ghana. It's uh, a situation that actually uh, reflects any generalized epidemic like ours and so it is nothing new uh, uh and but the fact also based on the data is that you know 
majority of men living with HIV may not know their HIV status. And that is concerning. And men have to take the bold step and, and test for HIV. But, but what, what you say is actually also very alarming then, because then what it means is that out of this 100,000, if the majority of them are men, then it, it means that those spreading this unknowingly, majority of them spreading this, will be men spreading it and possibly giving it to women. Yes. And you say you, you are you are correct to say that. And I and I guess if a woman you're listening, be warned because you know and 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 link to that is your other revelation that women are now engaged in unprotected sex with multiple partners. Another headache of yours. Yes, and I think it should it should be a shared headache of all Ghanaians because we we know that women have you know, biological vulnerabilities when it comes to uh, uh, HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. And it is the responsibility of women and their partners, you know, to ensure that uh, women are protected. Uh, but unfortunately, the male partners often are the ones who would even insist on not using protection. And here I mean use of condoms. Um, uh, because they would uh, always say that are you suspecting I have a, a disease and so you wouldn't want me to have uh, you know sex with you without a use of condom so all these you know uh, pose serious challenges to women even when they are uh, amenable to using condoms but we are sitting on a ticking time bomb here because from everything you've analyzed now, you have more men walking about right now with HIV AIDS that they don't know they have and therefore spreading. And then you have more women now, as you now discovering, who are engaging in unprotected sex with multiple partners. Of course, multiple partners being men. The men, many of them who are walking about with... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. AIDS, they don't know. That is, that is a recipe for disaster. Yes. Uh, uh, and there are various, I mean, practices when it comes to sex in, in Ghana now. Um, because people are exposed to all kinds of media materials. Uh, and they would want to experiment. And so you have people who engage in oggy ses sessions. You have people who are uh, more interested in having inner sex. For example, um, having a lot of alcoholic drinks or uh, other illicit drugs before having sex, uh, trying all kinds of things, you know. So all these increase the, the risk of one getting HIV. And I, I believe if we all acknowledge that, yes, you want to have pleasure, yes, you want to enjoy yourself, um, do it in moderation and put, set some boundaries for yourself. Because HIV is real and it's still infecting people in this country. Uh, two weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, about 46 people get infected daily in this country. And so it is real. And people are dying of AIDS when at, at the time when we do not have to have people having disease progression and dying, you know, subsequently because of uh, AIDS-related you know, diseases. Uh, and so we have to, you know, now recognize that we are all being complacent when it comes to HIV and we need to change that, uh, that mindset and change our behaviors as well. And, and what does this... More what? protective behaviors yeah. so that we can uh, reduce new infections to you know, uh, bring it to the barest minimum. The, the projection is to eradicate this by 2030. Um, where, where does this all leave us with that particular projection? Yes. Are As we on I course? Are we on course? We have, 
we have the strategies and the tools to uh, el- eliminate AIDS by the by the year 2030. But if we continue the way, if the level of uh, risky behaviors continue as it is today, and that we have the high levels of new infections as we are seeing today. Uh, and if we do not have the necessary resources to actually make the investment uh, in areas where we, uh, to ensure that we are able to provide the necessary services for those who need the services, then we cannot achieve the 2030 target. Thank you very much. And that's uh, Dr. Tremetian Hini, the Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission. So live your news night is on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, government is tonight on a collision course with organized labor after making a massive U-turn on its earlier position to exclude pension funds from the domestic debt exchange program. Now, last night, the finance ministry formally asked pension funds to exchange 31 billion CDs for lower-yielding bonds and take a haircut on investments. Organized Labour has called an emergency meeting on the matter. We have details of that shortly, but first, listen to Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, uh, Dr. Mohammed Amin Adam. Uh, we'll hear that uh, from him pretty shortly, but also today, uh, we've been hearing uh, from uh, organized labor on the uh, on, on the proposal uh, before them for them uh, to exchange uh, some 31 uh, billion uh, CDs uh, in bonds that has already uh, been been issued by the pension uh, funds. The organized labor, from what we understand, uh, led by the TUC, they've called this uh, emergency meeting on Thursday to take a united uh, position on the matter, uh, and and that they believe will then set the stage for uh, further negotiations with with government uh, we'll hear from the from the union shortly but this is dr mohammed aminadam well um government has made the offer so they have to decide and uh, but if rejected the settlement uh, they, you excluded yeah. them you exempted them well but I, I think you also recall that we had hmm. an mou uh, with labor um, on which we agreed to continue to engage uh, for an alternative uh, option that will help in the improving on the uh, debt sustainability. And so it's within this uh, engagement that uh, we think that this is the time to, to make that This is possible. voluntary, right? Yeah. This is voluntary. Yeah, yeah. If they decide not to, yeah. not we'll, to exchange? We'll continue to engage. I mean, after all, some of you didn't participate in the DDEP, but uh, many other Ghanaians sacrificed and participated, and they have contributed gallantly. So you expect some of the pension the funds. economic recovery. You expect some of the pension funds to take up the, the economy. Offer. You know, so we encourage them. I'll encourage them to okay. take the offer. Uh, Joshua Ansai is the Deputy uh, Secretary General of the TUC, the Trade Union Congress, and joins us on the line right now. Uh, Ms. Ansan, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. You just heard the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry say, yeah, yeah, they had an agreement, but there was a provision in there to explore alternative arrangement. This is it. You agree that this is a, a fair deal for you to consider? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Please, can you come again? Because I was, I was Yes, I, I can hear you at least. If you can, can you hear me now? So I've just left yes, the can, room. Can you hear me now? And I'm finding a... Can you hear me, sir? Yes, I cannot hear you back. Is it a fair deal, uh, what government is offering now, uh, for the pension funds to uh, exchange $31 billion of bonds that they've already uh, are holding and have invested with the government? Evans, good evening and thank you for the opportunity. Evans, let me tell you, to be frank with you, um, this uh, memorandum, new exchange memorandum was launched yesterday by the finance minister. And what we intend doing is that we want to have a copy of the new exchange memorandum. You will study it and finally organized labor will take a decision or position on that. And understand this meeting has been scheduled for Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. We are, we are scheduling the meeting on Thursday. Have you had any conversation with your pension funds who manage the funds on your behalf? I think when we have the copy of the exchange memorandum, uh, it will be part of our discussions. After we have studied it, we will have further meetings with our uh, uh, trustees and the corporate body so that we can have a positive position on whatever it is. 
I recall very closely, uh, very clearly, when the negotiations happened and there was a press conference yourself, your your boss was seated with the employment minister and the finance minister and you signed this. At the time that you were signing this, um, mm. you were you were very clear then that there was this would not be entertained under any circumstance. Do you at least accept that where we are right now, the circumstances may have changed to the point where you should be considering uh, participating in the DDP? I think uh, I want to be very careful in making any statement here for now because uh, a whole organized labor made, uh, made that decision and they made it very frankly that they were not going to allow their pension funds to be used for this exchange program. I mean, it has, time has elapsed, and uh, maybe if things have now changed, if the new exchange memorandum is going to be something positive, that will be positive on the pensions earnings of members. I think uh, you, will, you, will, you will have to study the, the document, look at the pros and the cons, if it is positive, why not? Why don't you have a different position on that again? But for now, as I've said, I have not studied the document, so I cannot say much on the document until Thursday when we meet. You will meet, look at it, discuss it, and also meet with our uh, fund managers and so on and so forth. Then we can come out with a holistic position on that. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Joshua Ansa. He's a Deputy Secretary General of the Trade Union Congress. But where do you stand on the matter if you're a public sector worker? Uh, do you agree? Uh, will you be encouraging your pension funds to participate in the domestic debt exchange involving the funds themselves? $31 billion. Uh, CDs on offer as the government is hoping to exchange uh, that uh, for a lower yielding bonds. So live here on News Night is on Joy 99.7 FM. Now the Auditor General uh, has revealed a nationwide shortage of essential medicines for treating mental health cases. In the Auditor General's 2022 report on mental health management, he indicated that the central medical stores, which is responsible for supplying psychotropic drugs, has been struggling to meet the demand from psychiatric hospitals. Before we bring you details of the Auditor General's report, my colleague Hanno Dami has been exploring the challenge that many uh, health and, uh, the mental health institutions in this country have been facing. Uh, listen to Minds on the Street, a special feature that she developed. Sometimes I feel very bad because some are very young and some too, they are not clothing well, so you feel bad about it. It is not only about how they feel, but the pain they can also inflict on anyone they come by. In August 2022, a mentally challenged woman hit a man with stones at this particular spot. For those who stay and live around, it was a moment of reawakening. For how long are they going to tolerate or look over their shoulders when they see a mentally challenged person in their vicinity? That torturous incident lingers on on the minds of many who heard it, but most especially on the minds of those who witnessed that horrific act. The thought of being attacked by a mentally challenged person is an act no one would want to experience. Sometimes they come towards you whilst you are walking and you are a little scared, especially during the night. And when you try to, they try to follow you. It's a something which is really, you know, uncomfortable. And I feel the government should, in a way, try to put them together in one place. That's intervention most on March 2022 by the then medical director of the Accra Psychiatric Hospital, Dr. Pinaman Apau. She revealed the redevelopment of the facility into a 220-bed hospital was under government's Agenda 111 program. Updates that I got from the coordinator of the Agenda 111 project indicates that they are doing what we call technical evaluation on tenders that had been submitted. But almost a year on, not much has happened in terms of a pull-down and a fixed lift. Former director of the Accra Psychiatric Hospital, Dr. Kwisiosei Delsing on this development. As at the time the idea came to pull down the structures and build new ones, we had got to the point where it didn't seem fitting for a facility of our age in Ghana. All things were more or less in place, 
but somehow it's told. I'm sure it's not do totally dead. As somewhere along the line, you will get the funding to continue the program. As a nation waits to see the fulfillment of the real promise, the mentally challenged on the streets will perhaps remain, and the fears of many will also perhaps remain. I am Hannah Odami for joining us. Matters West, the Auditor General is revealing tonight that uh, there's a nationwide shortage of essential medicines for treating mental health cases. My colleague uh, Michael Papania Shale joins me in the studio with more from the Auditor General's report. What are we learning from this report? So, Evans, the audit report says that at the time that they had gone there, they realized that the mental health units of the various facilities um, did not receive the necessary medications for treating medical health cases. It goes on to say that the central medical stores could not provide the requested quantities of psychotropic drugs to the three main psych uh, psychiatric hospitals. And you know them, the Accra Psych Hospital, we have Ankafu Psychiatric Hospital, and then Pantan Hospital. Now, this shortage, the report says, led to community psychiatry nurses at municipal and district hospitals prescribing medications for patients to purchase from the open market at their own cost. Additionally, any drug not supplied by the central medical stores and not covered by the National Health Insurance Scheme was sold at a relatively higher price than the original cost. Mm. And this is exactly what the report found. Are there any recommendations? Yes. Yeah, so, Evans, there were two recommendations actually gave them. It says, well, first, they should collaborate. That is the Mental Health Authority should collaborate, I beg your pardon, collaborate with the central medical stores to distribute psychotropic medications based on patient turnout at treatment facilities. And again, he asked them to collaborate with the ministries of finance and health to improve procurement processes for acquiring psychotropic medicines. Mm. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Papa. And uh, Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. I would uh, delve a bit more into the Auditor General's report because there's been so many revelations in there. The recent one just released. George Raffi, in the meantime, is joining me with the latest from the world of business. Hello, George. Alarming numbers from the Ghana AIDS Commission, indeed. Interesting. He says the, 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 the Ghana AIDS Commission boss just told me a short while ago that out of the 100,000 people walking about not knowing they have HIV, yes, but they indeed have it and spreading it mm. knowingly, majority of that number are men. Mm. And then the reverse is also that there are now more women engaging in unprotected sex. And contracting it because it's easier for a woman to get it. So this is a toxic mix. It's a it's a ticking time bomb. And, and the, the the interesting bit is those who know that they have the disease or they have the virus and deliberately they see it as, you know, a punishment and therefore they want to uh, spread it because they feel that they've also been infected by someone deliberately knew that he or she had that virus and. That for me is a serious thing mm. and for some who cannot abstain you know the critical thing is about abstinence about protection protection and protection and that's a very critical thing you're right what do you have in the headlines well events coming up more oil marketing firms increase prices at the pumps a development that could influence commercial drivers to demand an adjustment in transport fares and government justifies more than 20 billion Ghana cities cuts in total spending for this year insisting further cuts could hurt the economy the business news on news nights is brought to you by mtn business welcome to the new world of business alliance life and ghana pay to eat just momo it 
Tired of the long queues in the supermarket? Pay with Momo. When you really want that beautiful new blouse, just Momo it. When you want to get a trim and get fresh to impress you know who, just Momo it. When you need to pay your utility bills and domestic staff, Shani Momo. When you want to send love to the family back home, send some Momo. Join the millions of MTN Momo users all over Ghana and live life the brighter way. So just Momo it. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHS, Kumase K and USD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Flamingo Paint has superior properties than any other paint brand on the market? Listen, when you take one bucket of Flamingo Paint, it's equal to several buckets of any paint brand on the market. So, Flamingo has superior hiding properties, superior coverage, it means it covers, and superior durability. Flamingo Paint, superior hiding. Flamingo Paint, superior coverage. Flamingo Paint, superior durability. Flamingo Paint, simply superior. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double-layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. Whether I'm passing by the food market, visiting the salon, or filling up my tank for a spontaneous adventure with old friends in a new city. When asked, cash or card? It's always card for me. I switched from cash to card for all my payments with MasterCard. Now I get to do what I enjoy with ease. Switch from cash to card for all your payments with MasterCard. MasterCard, a secure and convenient way to pay. I'm a Welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, more oil marketing companies are increasing prices of petroleum products at the pumps. But what could be the impact of this on inflation and transport fares going forward? There is more in this report. In the morning, our checks showed that only one oil marketing firm 
had increased the price of petroleum products at the pumps. However, a fresh round of market scan in the afternoon showed that more players have also reviewed their prices. This includes those that control more than 50% of the market. One can talk about Shell, Total Energies, market leader Goyle and Star Oil. Analysis of the numbers showed that it has gone up by more than 4% to reach 12 cities, 45 pesos per litre. The concern for many now is the possible impact of this development on prices of goods on the market as well as transport fares. This is because this is the second time running that prices have gone up in just two months. There are also concerns about the margin of increase which might have gone beyond the 10% mark that is required to trigger negotiations for transport fares to be increased. Inflation rates have gone up over the past two months and there are fears that it could push inflation rate further in the coming months because of the impact of transport fares. And that is a business tax report. Now, government has justified the more than 20 billion Ghana cities cut in total spending for this year. It has however maintained that further cuts could hurt the economy badly in terms of spending in critical areas. Information Minister Kojo Ponkuma maintained that there's still some need for some sacrifice to help firmly stabilize the economy. Can you afford to reduce anybody's salary in the public sector to its disadvantage or to let them go home. I think that would be a difficulty uh, to do. Item number two, you'd have to deal with statutory payments, which are matters of law, a percentage of re total revenue. You've seen the pain that people have gone through when it comes to debt rationalization and uh, how they have objected to various parts of it. Go to goods and services. My ministry's communications budget is 600,000 CDs for the whole year. Even out of that, we were given 200,000 CDs so far. So ministries, departments, and agencies will tell you that they are not receiving the goods and services allocations, even as promised in the budget. That's the reality on the ground. That's the reality on the ground. So which area can you really cut? These are the genuine conversations that we should have as a republic. Information Minister Kojo Opon Nkrumah. Now, government says it has... But the Bank of Ghana says he has put in place the required structures to ensure that it remains policy solvent and will be able to deliver on its primary mandate. Now, this is coming after I recorded more than 61 billion Ghana cities notes in a negative equity position. Philip Brodotu is the Director of Research at the Bank of Ghana. Whether the bank will continue to be policy solvent, um, it's an issue of policy solvency. And with policy solvency, the issue is whether we can continue to discharge our mandate uh, uh, of pursuing price stability and uh, financial stability despite the negative equity. And the answer is yes, we can. So we can do that. Policy solvency requires to realize revenues to cover costs and build longer-term capital reserves. But I think that is not to say that, um, yes, we don't need to recover. We will have to recover uh, as, as, as we move along. But uh, will we be policy solvent as we move on? I think, yes, we will be policy solvent. But again, we also need to recognize that we are putting in place uh, steps and actions to ensure that we return back to to, to positive levels. Philippa Brodotu is Director of Research at the Bank of Ghana. President of the Ghana Institute of Procurement and Supply, Simon Annan, has indicated that procurement industry is playing a critical role in helping government realize its industrialization agenda. We were speaking at an MOU signing ceremony between the Ghana Institute of Procurement and Supply and the Ghana Institute of Management and Public Administration and procuring supply chain will move Ghana from where we are to the next level. What it means is that the government procurement that we're doing, it is what we're going to use to promote the industrialization, promote the SMEs, and ensure that there's value for money. And I have maintained that Ghana's socioeconomic development agenda cannot be achieved without appreciation of the role of procurement in our national discourse. Simon Annan is the president of the Ghana Institute of Procurement and Supply. The earnings of telecoms giant MTN continues to hit record levels. Now, this was after its half-year profit 
before tax reached 2.4 billion Ghana cities, up by 26% of what it recorded for the same period last year. Total revenue for the first six months of this year reached 6.1 billion Ghana cities. It have paid 2.7 billion Ghana cities in direct and indirect taxes to the state. Well, to the stock market, it appears MTN's good run in terms of financials is impacting on the share price on the Ghana Stock Exchange. It went up by 12 pesos today to close at one Ghana city, 55 pesos at the end of trading on the Ghana Stock Exchange. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans. And Mr. Nsako is on today. PM Express, right? Business. Yes, it's not business edition, but PM Express. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, he is. He's on indeed, and there's something he's been saying that's uh, got a lot of people talking, and we've been, uh, you know, playing part of the interview on, on social media yeah. on our many yeah. social media yeah. platforms, yeah. and yeah. it's got many people reacting. Mm-hmm. Remember that he's a former executive vice president of Unilever, been uh, working in the group, exactly. you know, and being on the ground and experiencing exactly. the issues when it comes to you know relating to the market production and manufacturing. Dr. Kwame Nkrumah had made that very famous declaration that a black man is capable of managing his own affairs. Well, he's been giving his thoughts on that as far as Ghana is concerned. Listen. Well, I leave it to everybody to make up their mind. I do know that when he stood at the old polo grounds and he said that the black man must show to the world that he's capable of running his own affairs. I do not believe that Ghana in 2023 today fulfills that brief. If there's somebody who believes that it does, I'd like to see the person put up his hand. And I've spoken to many people. Some of them were students of that generation. Some of them were young people who were working. I like to sit with much older people who have seen it all. They've seen Ghana unfold and, and come through. And I asked them all the time, I said, is this what you expected? And almost universally, the answer is no. Well, he says the solution is what he calls a mindset revolution. The youth of today are no different from the youth of any era. They too want better conditions. They want to live a better life. They want good housing. They want good food. They want good clothes. They want sanitation. They want good health. They want education, etc. They want to get married, have a family. And it is these concerns that drive people. Che Guevara himself said the revolutionary is driven by love. So this sort of empty militancy, people just go, he says, a, a, a revolutionary is driven by love. It is a, will, a willingness to see society become better. That drives a revolutionary, not the sort of empty wildcat orientation towards violence. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And so on that we've come to associate with with the word. That's why Fidel Castro. People don't read the book for yourself. Describe Jesus Christ as a revolutionary. So when you're talking mindset revolution and so on, would you say we will, we will come uh, to... What is it, by the way? What, what is mindset revolution? Amilcar Cabral and many others famously spoke about... Amilcar Cabral said the first dimension of revolution must necessarily be cultural. Because when you wake up and you say we need to improve, that is an indictment on your current circumstances. The insight into the condition calls for critical re- reflection and a re-examination of the circumstances that you are in. That is mindset revolution. Well, the full interview yeah, is yeah, on yeah. PM Express at 9 p.m. It's a fascinating yeah. conversation. We'll all be waiting to looking forward to that. But even th- there's a critical question about whether it's the system or what. Because listen, you meet Ghanaians outside who are managing huge institutions, the World Bank, the Chief of Staff, the Vice President of the World Bank, other institutions, financial institutions, Vice President, Citibank, you know, Morgan Chase and all the rest. And these are the same Ghanaians who struggle to make it here, but they are doing so well outside. So is it the system? Well, tell you what, Mm. we talked about that too. (laughs) We talked about that.
I asked the question, and I asked it in relation to the current president, mm-hmm. Tanakufado. He's lived, schooled abroad, but the consensus is that he's faced tremendous challenges. Is it that the system just makes it impossible for you to succeed? He has very interesting thoughts on that. Just stay with us at 9 p.m. on the John News Channel. It's already on our social media platforms. You can watch it on YouTube in particular. Let's do sports now. And Ms. Bao is here uh, with the very latest. Hello, Ms. Bao. He's been speaking about, about the AFCON and uh, also about some players in the Black Star squad. But first of all, on the AFCON, he has emphasized the need for Ghana to qualify for the tournament, uh, which is to be staged in Ivory Coast come next year in January. Now, the Black Stars are chasing another appearance at the Continental Showpiece, which is just five months away from now. With nine points, Ghana is in first place in Group E, Angola is in second place with eight points, and the Central African Republic is in third place with seven points. And Ghana will need a win or draw in their last game against Central African Republic on the September 3 to guarantee a place in Ivory Coast, which Hutton believes the team can't afford to miss out on. He's been speaking on UK Baser the station, Talk Sports. We play our last game in September. We're at home to the Central African Republic. At this moment, we're top of the group, but it's quite tight. We certainly need either a win or a draw. So it's a big game for us. Uh, Ivory Coast, of course, is the, the host of uh, AFCON in, in January. And, uh, of course, we very much need to be there. That's Chris Hutton, uh, head coach of the Black Stars there. Well, he didn't end there. He also lauded Mohamed Kudus for his skill, set, and expressed confidence in the midfielder's ability to do well in the Premier League. Should he end up there at the end of the transfer window? I think he's a player that will, that will always show interest from clubs. Um, he's young. He has super ability, can, can score a goal. He also has that flexibility. You know, there, there is that question mark on what's his best position. At Ajax at the last season, he was playing predominantly on the right, left foot, he's coming, coming in field. Um, before that was very much as a 10. You know, he's a player that, that can do things on the ball, particularly when the spaces open up in the game. And he has that ability to surge in the spaces and, and can score goals. So, no surprise, it's an interest. For me, the most important thing is that he's playing. Uh, and Bilbao, I listened to that interview, and mm. part of this also, he talks about Hudson Odoi and uh, the Arsenal's player, yeah. uh, Eddie Kitia, and his attempts to try and get them to play, switch allegiance and play mm. uh, for Ghana. Mm. And that he says he's been having conversations with them, mm. and he's positive mm. uh, about that. Just that when it comes to Hudson Odoi, he's not played as, as, as many games as he would want to. Yeah. And that's possibly what he's using mm. to try and get him to play for Ghana. Uh, we'll hear him later on that. Very yeah, we'll see, we'll see if uh, they'll be able to switch allegiance even before the AFCON in Ivory Coast in January next year. That's all for sports. And of course, just have to mention that Sadio Mane has completed his move to Saudi Arabia. How much? He'll be playing. <laughs> just how much? How much? Just you don't have that amount. Well, it's, it's in it. the region of 40 million. That's what they paid by Munich for him. As far as his you know, own salary is concerned, it's, it's quite huge. It's quite heavy, you know. Mm-hmm. Huge pocket money. He's been playing with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at Arnaseh, so uh, expect some g- excitement in the Saudi League come next season. Uh, sports was brought to you by President Hebo and Taco. President Every Smile Matters. Mm. Well, uh, I should be uh, trying to play football and, and head to uh, one of those uh, money leagues. Money leagues, that's what they call it, in Saudi Arabia or somewhere else just to make some Good money. Still listening to Newsnight here on Joy 99.7 FM. The minority uh, are, uh, in Parliament, particularly on the Works and Housing Committee, say government is acting illegally by going ahead to launch the National Affordable Housing Programme despite financing agreement uh, still unapproved and awaiting parliamentary consideration. Now, addressing journalists in Parliament today, the uh, former Deputy Works and Housing Minister, Samsung Ahi, described the conduct of government as illegal. Well, today, the uh, government went ahead and cut sword for the $550 million project that will build 14,000 units at Pokwase and Kumase to be constructed by private players and also in partnership with the public. Now, project consultant Frank Taki says the project has enormous financial benefits for the enclave. This project alone in Pokwasi, in terms of direct labor on site, will generate about 200 and 
50,000 jobs. Then you have the indirect jobs on site, and, uh, and then they have the income any opportunities to the informal sector that is uh, still not accountable. Secondly, when the estate is completed, the economic generation impact is huge, not only within this estate, but beyond. Well, President Kufado uh, cut the sword and launched the project and says this will reduce the housing deficit. Initiative marks a positive collaboration between government and the private sector as it adopts a different approach from previous government housing projects, where government afford, funded both essential infrastructure and the housing units. With this approach, government will provide the land and other essential infrastructure, whilst private sector developers take the responsibility. And that's the President Akufuado there. Now, former Food and Agriculture Minister Dr. Uwusu Friyakoto says a level of despondency in the grassroots of the governing new patriotic party requires a deep-rooted loyalist to restore hope and break the eight. The MPP will hold the Super Delegates Congress on August 26th to select five aspirants for the November Congress as a selected flag bearer. Now, head of the post, Dr. Friyakoto says he has identified the problem. He has a solution to fix it. He is featured in in our series, part of our build-up to the Super Delegates Congress. According to Dr. Owusu Afriyakoto, only a strong, formidable and united front can guarantee electoral victory in the 2024 general elections for the MPP. But he says the current state of the MPP epitomizes despondency and hopelessness due to the neglect of the grassroots. Two things. One is discipline. Two is their situation. Because everywhere you go, inyashi, inyashi, everywhere you go. And you know, in my job, for the, for the six years, in five of those six years, I go around the country. I met somebody who sits in the air conditioning in Accra. And I have the opportunity to meet farmers. A lot of them are party people. And they will tell you, apart from what you've come to discuss about the work on the farm and so on and so forth, they, they complain. Apart from the conflicts, the conflicts are due to the fact that discipline in the party is not, is not enough. So for me, we need to fix this party in order that we can sustain ourselves in power come 7 December 2024. And until that, we are in very serious uh, problems. He's assuring delegates of the party that he will work assiduously to ensure that their welfare is improved when voted to bear the flag of the UP tradition. We have a lot of contracts. Uh, government is the biggest business giver in this country. And if the military can have companies to do business, why can't political parties? The ANC in South Africa owns mines, it owns manufacturing concerns, it owns insurance companies and so on. They have to be more entrepreneurial. That's what I'm saying. As a key to all these things about Yenyashi and all that. Mm. We need to, the party as a body should have some business edge to raise income for themselves rather than expect government or anybody to come and finance them. For six years, Dr. Owusu Efri Yakoto led the agricultural revolution under the planting for food and jobs. According to him, Ghana will need a new innovative business model to do things differently if the country is to succeed in diversifying its agriculture. The model, he said, should be driven by government structure, supply chain logistics and market access, support for big data and technology for evidence-based decision-making, research and development. But above all, he said a political will to execute this innovative new business model should never be compromised. Just before we go, a uh, few of your messages on our WhatsApp uh, console now. Uh, Senator from Agondu says, in fact, the Ghana AIDS Commission must continue to educate the majority of youth in the country.
so that the virus can reduce he says another one here says evans why would any pensioner in my view as a pensioner accept a haircut on our investments while the mpp government still keeps huge government appointees drawing huge allowances and ledgers still traveling overseas on business class for meetings which can be done on zoom collect per diems or to sad country uh, francis says in that whatsapp message and uh, this one uh, has no name but says if a hundred thousand people are unaware they have aids how did the aids commission get to know uh, the one having the disease is unaware yet some someone sitting uh, in his or her office says he is aware of a hundred thousand people having the disease i do not get the logic he says and the final one uh, just before we leave uh, says um, and this is um, uh, Mrs. Saki uh, sending us one uh, well wishes. Enjoy the rest of your evening, people. My name is Evans Menta. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.